They failed. He didn't deserve that. Francis' son attends Augusta Fell Savage Institute of Visual Arts in West Baltimore. His transcripts show in four years, he has passed just three classes, earning two and a half credits, which places him in ninth grade. But Fran says she didn't know that until February. She has three children and works three jobs. She thought her oldest son was doing well because even though he failed most of his classes, he was being promoted. His transcripts show he failed Spanish 1 and Algebra 1, but was promoted to Spanish 2 and Algebra 2. He also failed English 2, but was passed on to English 3. I'm just assuming that if you are passing, that, that you have the proper things, you know, to go to the next grade. And, you know, the right grades, you have the right credits. As we dig deeper into her son's records, we can see in his first three years at Augusta Fells, he failed 22 classes and was late or absent 272 times. But in those three years, only one teacher requested a parent conference, which France says never happened. No one from the school told this mother her son was failing and not going to class. Francis' son, in his four years at Augusta Fells, earned a grade point average of 0.13. He only passed three classes. But his transcripts show his class rank is 62 out of 120. This means nearly half of his classmates, 58 of them, have a GPA of 0.13 or lower. He's a good kid. Like, he didn't deserve that. Where is the mentors? Where is the help for him? I don't, I hate that this is happening to my child. What's up, everyone? Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and I'm so excited to see you ladies back again for another week. Are y'all ready? Ready. Yeah. All right. Ready. Now, don't be getting all quiet on me. You don't like that. So let's go through. <laughs> let's introduce ourselves, and let's get into it. How about that? So go ahead, Lex, introduce yourself, and then Melissa, Trinity, and Janice. Hey guys, I'm Lex. I'm 17 years old and I'm a senior in high school and I'm glad to be back for another great conversation. Miss Melissa. Hey guys, my name is Melissa. I'm a 14 year old freshman in Southern California and I am so happy to be back again. Good. Now I'm going to tell you this really quick. Can you pull your microphone closer to you? Because I don't want no issues this week. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Trinity, it's on you. Um, hi guys, I'm Trinity. I am a junior at Laguna Creek High School here in Elk Grove, California. And we're going to round it out with Miss Janice. Hello everybody, I'm Janice. I am a 14-year-old freshman here in the Sacramento region. Perfect. Now stop leaning towards the microphone because it ain't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, will, I really want to welcome you back and um, welcome the audience back because we're going to get into it. Uh, for this week's conversation. But before we do, there's been a lot of uh, articles coming out this week of uh, districts behaving badly or students behaving badly. So why don't we um, start with this first conversation? Uh, apparently a fight broke out at a basketball game uh, because the opposing team was throwing out racial epithets. Now I know that um, I have a few student athletes on the call so when those things happen, because I'm not going to make you make you or let anybody assume what that's like. But as a basketball player, Miss Trinity, um, say you were at a basketball game and you heard these things. What type of things could a student athlete be going through? Um, I would definitely be upset and I probably would fight. Um, it's not OK. Or, you know, my mom's in the stand. She'd probably fight, too. Uh oh. Oh, Go yeah. Ahead. I was like, the screen started loading. <laughs> but, yeah, it would, you know, it would be distracting, like, you know, and um, 
Yeah, it would hurt. Like, I would be, I don't know, I'd just be very upset, so. <laughs> okay. Um, for those of you, I know, uh, Lex, you're a cheerleader. So if you were to hear some of these things going on, um, what might you be feeling or what might the per, per people on the team be feeling, right? Yeah, I think personally, because I'm on the sidelines for a lot of these games, and I know that um, just straightforward, they're really intense just in general, you know, just the sport, the competition. It's really intense. And when someone throws a slur, you know, that's a whole nother level of intensity, I think. And I think it's personal at that point, even if they don't mean it to be. And I would be extremely upset and I probably would have some type of problem. I'd feel really uncomfortable just being there. I would feel unsafe. It really also depends on how everyone reacts to that. I don't know if the refs or if any of the people, if he got called off or what was going on in the situation, I would definitely be extremely upset. I'd be heated and I'd feel unsafe in that situation. Um, let's move to the next story. Let's move to the next story. Apparently, um, a teacher was fired uh, because she objected to excessive punishment of a kindergartner. Um, should they be firing teachers who step in to protect students? And I'll go to Melissa and your face is saying, what the hell? <laughs> A teacher shouldn't be fired for protecting a student. You uh, Students are at school to learn and teachers are there to protect them. So if a, if a teacher is being fired for doing her job, mm. that's insane. Uh, Janice, your thoughts? You're, you're firing someone for doing what you pay them to do. It doesn't add up. Obviously, they're there for a reason. You have them there. So why, like, what is the purpose of firing them for doing what you insist on them doing? I mean, I feel like there needs to be a little more detail that I need to, like, fully, you know, comprehend. Yeah. But, like, that's, it don't add up. It don't make sense. Okay. Well, let me just read a little bit from the article. It says, the student was screaming and crying while being held against his will in the office of a school psychologist while Dr. Barnum held the door shut. Um, and then the other quote is said, the child was screaming and crying loudly as the school principal held him in a football hold. As the principal walked with the student under her arm, he grabbed the hold of the door frame. The principal then forcefully yanked his body so that he would let go of the frame. So and it was the principal fired? No, no, it was this teacher who witnessed that treatment who reported that treatment that ended up being fired. She had all right to report that treatment. You're holding him. He's screaming. He's crying. Obviously, there is a problem with this child. You're treating him roughly, and he's already in a poor state. Like, what are you doing as administration? You're not doing your job properly. You should be the one being fired, not the How teacher. About that? <laughs> I agree. So... Um, the last story that really uh, caught my attention this week, um, the 13-year-old who went to a sleepover, apparently. The history is he's been bullied at this school for an, an amount of time. One of the so-called bullies befriended him and invi invited him to a sleepover. At this sleepover, they woke him up out of his sleep and forced him to drink pee while throwing uh, racial insults at him. Um, what do y'all think? Okay, if this <laughs> has been being bullied, mama and father, what in your right mind says it is okay to let your child to go to a sleepover with the people who bullied them? Right. <laughs> it's crazy. I agree. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just at a whole loss, um, and they're investigating the treatment, yet nobody has been held responsible. And it's on video. Um, I had a chance to look at the video. Um, he looks like uh, they hand him this cup of urine and they're standing over him laughing as they are uh, having him drink this urine from the, these boys all played on the same football team is what, uh, in reading the article is what I came up with. And I'm with you. I'm like, uh, at what point do us as parents step in and we say, you know, I didn't spend the night over a whole bunch of people's houses when I was growing up. 
Um, right. I didn't. My mama probably didn't trust people like that. So, as a parent, do you try to have your child? Um, and I, I'm posing this, and you guys can, you know, jump in and when you want to. But do you think that mom was just trying to have him be friend, like him be friends with somebody, or maybe she felt that maybe these boys were turning over a new leaf? Like, what what do you think mom could have been thinking? I, I think it's possible that she was trying to make the most out of the situation, being that he was bullied for a long time. But regardless, like, you know, like, you know, he was being treated, you know, badly by these these kids. There's no reason why he should be over at their house. Like, you know, what, what did you think was possibly going to happen? And, you know, and like you reported it to the district and the school multiple times, nothing has been done. So why, why, I, I just don't understand, like, like. It doesn't add up. Like Janice says, it's not and, adding up. Like there, if anything, if they invited him to a sleepover att attempting to make amends, why would you let your child go to the bullier's house? Why didn't you have it at your house? I mean, like if it was at your house, you would have more oversee. You would see what they were doing. You'd probably be more aware and alert. You go send your, your son your African-American son, knowing it is already hard for black students out here to a house full mama and father. Come on now. And I agree with Miss Kat. She said, I think, first of all, the parents whose house the boy was at should be answering and be held accountable. I am very selective of where my child goes and with whom. And I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you, Kathy, for real. Uh, cause I, I don't know, you know, I'm that type of parent. I'm, I'm about to roll up and say, what the, what the hell, like, <laughs> what, 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 what is going on? Even if, if my child was even allowed to go. So, um, Jordan, you can stop sharing the screen. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, ladies. So there's been a lot of, before we get into that, cause I was about to get into the conversation. See if my mind was somewhere. I have to send a shout out to uh, Miss Karen Watkins of the Gwinnett uh, County School Board, who we had a chance to meet while we were in Atlanta. And we had a chance to get to know her and to talk about um, the programming that we offer for students. And I think that we are uh, going to be bi-coastal really, really soon. So shout out to Miss Karen Watkins. Uh, for having us and um, showing us how how they get down in in Georgia or in Atlanta, so or Gwinnett County. Uh, so thank you very much for your hospitality and for uh, allowing us into your space and to tell us about um, the unique struggles that are happening there and how we can be of assistance. So shout out to her. So as we transition and we get to this week's conversation, ladies, this student senior year, senior year. 2.5 credits. Mama said she didn't know that he was not passing, although he has basically had straight Fs for, I don't know how many years, three years? It's his senior year, and she's upset because he's not graduating. Who's at fault? The mom. The mom. The child the as well. The child, they're all at fault. For one, let's talk about mama. <laughs> 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 okay, so, so hold on, hold on before you start, because <laughs> I actually heard Trinity first. Trinity, you said mom's at fault. Tell me why mom's at fault. How, like, why aren't you aware of what your student is going through? And like, I, I'm coming from the point why I say the mom's at fault is because a child's not gonna, isn't gonna know any better than what their parents teach them. So like, what what you have in our school is what is. It's echoing, um, but what we have in our tool belt is what our parents teach us and what experiences we go through in our lives. And so, if if our parents aren't, you know, enforcing reinforcing these ideas on us that school is important and that you need to exceed all expectations and you know whatnot, how is the kid gonna know, you know, what to do in certain instances? And I and I think in the the video that played before, um, the video that played before. The, they said that the mom would work three jobs and had three kids. Like, I just feel like as a parent, you're supposed to be responsible for those. Like, you're supposed to be in tune to what your kid has going on. Um, I don't know what else I was going to say. I forgot. But yeah. That's all, right. That's all right. Think of it and we'll come circle back to you. Miss Janice, you said the mama, the school, like basically everybody's at fault. So everybody, tell me why. 
back backing up what Trinity said, like you, you a child is only gonna know what they have been taught as a kid. You you learn what you have been taught. You go about this world doing what you have been taught. So if you're teaching, you have three jobs. Obviously, it's because of some circumstance. So why aren't you enforcing on your child? It's important you go to school. It's important you get these grades. You go to college. You make something of yourself, and you be better than I am. That that is it is mom's fault. Well, you're crying about your son not doing well. Why aren't you involved in these things? Why aren't you, you weren't informed of the PTO meetings? Why aren't you calling the school? Why aren't you taking accountability for your son's actions? Because it's not right. the teachers. It's not the teacher's job to baby your son and nanny him throughout everything. They don't get paid that much. Right. It's not the te- it's not the teacher's job. I think that the mom should be held accountable. You know, there's certain things that you teach your child. You know, they don't go to school to learn about morals or values and things like that. Those are things right. that you teach at home. And those are things that get enforced at school. So I think that the mom is responsible for um, maybe her child fail- not failing these classes, but not being up in school and saying, knowing school's important and going through the motions of passing school. So child can do something with their life so that does fall on the mom because it's not the school's job to say you need to be at school excelling in school it's the school's job to have you in school going through the motions but the mm-hmm. mom also needs to be on the other end making sure you're going through these motions you know so i feel like it's on the school it's on the mom it's on the child but i think a majority of it is on the mom hmm. melissa yeah, I agree. If she said there were no meetings set up, right? There were no meetings to check in with the child. If you know there are no meetings, why are there no meetings? Why are you not checking that to know how your child is doing? Why are you not talking to your child? How are you doing in school? Your child is your priority. Yes, you have three jobs and other kids, but your child is your priority. You are working these three jobs to provide for your child and by not being involved in his life, in his school life, you're failing him yourself. Mm. Right. Now, I noticed none of y'all said anything about the school. So does does the school or the system have uh, for this young man? Because I would submit they were getting ADA for him. Why was he, what the hell were they doing? Yeah, I think think the school's at fault as well. Although, like, I agree with um, Lex that the school, I mean, the mom has the most responsible or is most at fault. I feel like the school, you're you're continuously passing this kid and moving him on to the next grade, knowing that he hasn't passed or even attended the previous classes. Like, that doesn't even make sense. How is he going to be able to pass the next class if you if he didn't pass the class that was prior to that? You know what I mean? So it's just like, I and like also, you know, I do believe it's the school's responsibility to ensure that our kids are safe that they're being taught right, that that they're protected, that they feel respected in the school environment, regardless of how much they get paid or not, that that is your job. You know, your your parents drop kids off to at school for what, eight hours of the day to be made to make sure that they're learning, that they're that they're being taken care of during the day. And um, you know, I it's it's just as much like just as much as it's the mom's fault, it's the school's fault. Like they, there's people there that in like majority of the kids at the school are, are failing anyways. So like the system's just all types of corrupt. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you you brought up a good point. Fifty eight students have a lower at the same or lower GPA than this kid has. He has a one a point one three GPA. And I was trying to figure out yesterday. Melissa and I were doing some math. How how does one get a 0.13 GPA. Um, And I was telling her that I remember being in college and I had two um, pass, no pass, or credit, no credit classes. And um, this this one semester I was catting off and I got a D and an F. I still had a 0.67. So I'm trying to figure out how one gets a one a point one three, because I know I landed on academic probation. I had a D and an F. Not not bragging about that. I'm just stating the facts. Like I ain't perfect. So when we talk about a point one three, what do y'all think one has to do to get a point one three? Not even be there. Not even pay yeah. attention. And they said his act. He said they said he had over two hundred absences. Like well, they said absences or tardies. Absences or tardies. 
I think it was absences. It was absences, 272, yes. I think. So it's like I need to run that tape because I believe it said absences it and tardies. So it was a combination. Combination, okay. Yeah. So, like, if your child, if he's absent, they call the school after. The, the school calls the parent after so many absences. Or do they send a letter. No. Or they do, do something. Well, we're assuming we are assuming that's what they did, but did they do that? That's yeah, something that we have to ask ourselves. Mom said they didn't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not part of this school. But what I will tell you is, we looked up um, the student survey. Number one, the student survey they have online is from 2017. I'm gonna need a more recent student survey. Um, right. But it was. It was the numbers were all skewed. So. When you're talking about how the parents felt about this school, they felt their students were safe or felt safe on this campus nine, about 94% of the time. The staff said 86% of the time that the kids felt safe on campus. The kids said 33% of the time. So there is right. a huge, like, I don't know what this school is doing. Um, I know that there are calls for this school to be shut down. I know that according to the data from uh, that school, um, they have 434 students there. 95% of them are black. We don't even have to mm -hmm. go into that conversation, how they treat black students within the school system. Um, so is this, do you believe this is a case of them just not giving a damn because there are black students? And would they give yeah. more of a damn if there were other kids, mostly? Because their, their numbers don't even make sense. They say the school is 95% black, uh, 5%, 5% Hispanic, 5% white, 5% Asian, 5% Indian, 5% Pacific Islander, 5% multiracial. So somebody can't Sorry, do math. Um, <laughs> so somebody can't do math. <laughs> because if there's 95% of black kids, the other 5% includes all these other groups, right? So mm -hmm. if it were flipped, do you think that they would allow this to happen at a predominantly white school? I don't. I don't think they would allow this to happen at a predominantly white school because it's a different approach that teachers have to white students. They talk to them different. They look at them different. They teach them different. They converse with them differently. If you pay close attention, how they would address a white student and then how they would address one of us, it's different. So I don't think this would be occurring or this will be a problem. But I wanted to say about the mom, if there is time for you to be on the news talking about what's going on at your son's school, then you have time to be in a parent-teacher conference. Listen, ride her. <laughs> I, I mean, I to... what you saying, Lex? Sorry. I wanted to go off what Janice was saying about would this happen if it was on the all white school or a majority majority white school? I feel like the expectations are completely different. So they're mm -hmm. like, okay, we're gonna give them to the tools to success. You know, we're gonna give them everything they need to get up and graduate, but they're not gonna put in the effort. They're not gonna hold us to the same expectations they would hold someone up. They're gonna watch us go down this path that they set for us because they're obviously not here keeping track of our attendance for one you know they're just trying to get the money and then dip they don't care about us they don't care about what we're doing after this so they're just going us they're putting us through the motions and that's all they're doing because they hold other students to different expectations than they hold to us and i remember i was seeing the report that you sent and the the testing and everything for the white students was a lot higher than the testing and the expectations they had for the black students or the other students that they had on campus that weren't white. And I was looking at that, I was like, that's interesting. The performance rates and everything is a lot, um, is very interesting. And so I do not think it would be the same if it was a predominantly white school. Mm. What I is was it gonna called? piggyback. Go ahead, honey, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just saying, I was gonna piggyback um, on, it, it would be different if it was a predominantly white school um, simply because of the curriculum that they teach in schools. Um, like there's nothing that has to do with highlighting black excellence or, you know, you know, empowering black students. So that, that could be another factor. That's what, oh, that's all I was gonna say. I want to piggyback on that because their expectations be so high, but it's just like, you expect us to do this, but we haven't seen no one. You haven't discussed no one 
who looks like us doing this. You want us to be who you want us to be, but you have yet to discuss us in our history. It don't work like that. So do you think that he's just not interested in the curriculum? Is that what y'all saying? I feel like he's probably not interested because there are reasons. Every every person does things for a reason. Obviously, if he sees his mom working three jobs, he has younger siblings. It's hard for them. Obviously, he would at least want to attempt to try and succeed, but it falls on the backs of the teachers and the staff and the environment of the school because if the school is in a comfortable environment, you see from the ratings of the students, obviously, you're not going to want to learn there. Obviously, you're not going to want to pay attention. And obviously, you're not going to want to excel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the staff probably isn't putting in enough effort or the staff is making it seem like they don't want to be there or something. They're not giving him that boost, that little thing that's like, hey, we want you here. We want you to succeed at the school. So he's just like, why am I even going here anyways? They obviously mm-hmm. don't want me here. I think in the video, they said only one teacher reached out about his grades and everything out of what, like six, that'd be like 24 classes. So like, that'd be 24 different teachers. And only one of those teachers, because he's a senior, only one of those teachers decided to reach out to his mother. Only one of those teachers decided, you know, take that extra step. It's not even extra. You're supposed to um, to take that step to reach out to their parents. So I think that the staff and the faculty at that school obviously isn't putting in the work that they should have been just to keep students there and make them feel safe and comfortable. Exactly. And I well, want you know, to go back. Okay, go ahead. I wanted to go back to what Janice said about the teachers talking to white students differently and thinking something different of the white students, thinking more of the white students. They actually care about the white students. To the black students, to teachers are just a paycheck, are just like how you said, Miss Lorraine, that they were collecting the attendance money for him. That's all. He was just another paycheck to them. So you, the teachers have to actually care about the students in order for the students, the students have to feel cared about in order to want to come to school and want to succeed. They need to know that they're cared about at home and at school in order to want to learn and want to be there and want to succeed. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I always look at the money, right? I look at the money. So if you have this school, basically more than half of your senior class is failing. I'm trying to figure out where they're diverting resources to. And so I pulled um, the school's budget because. And so we're looking at they're spending stuff like thirty five hundred dollars on cell phones. Um, They have uh, instructional supplies, fifty thousand dollars, other professional services that they don't tell you what they are. One hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars and some change. And then we go down to, you have two assistant principals. Between the two of them, they make $277,000 a piece. Oh. I'm sorry, not a piece, combined. And then you have uh, an assistant, a 10-month non-instructional assistant that makes $110,000. I'm sorry, there are two of those. Together, they make $110,000. Then you have uh, 15 teachers who make uh, $1.4 million between them. Um, I don't know what this is because it's it's just very basic, this template or this thing. The principal makes $150,000. The psychologist makes $67,000. The social worker makes $114,000. And none of these people who make all this damn money could have called mom and told her the problem. Where was the social worker? Where was the the psychologist? I'm just confused. I'm looking at where the money is being diverted to. They got three special ed. First of all, I need to know, does he have an IEP or a 504? Because it's not normal for a child to fail 20-something classes. Like, that's not normal. That seems to me that he needs a little bit more attention. So you have these people, you know, the speech pathologists. uh, You have all these people in positions, IEP team associates. There's two IEP team associates, and between the two of them, they make $230,000. How comes these doing? people? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Um, but I'm just trying to figure out all these doggone people on this budget, and nobody could be bothered enough to pick up a telephone. So right. we have an issue. We have an issue. Sixty-two out of the class. Yeah, that's the, that means fifty-eight students are below him. And yet we're paying all this money to these people who are in positions that seem to me they don't need to be there anymore. None of them do. None of them do. They're unqualified. 
they shouldn't be in their position because obviously they don't care about their position if they're letting children go by like this and get by like this and still passing them. Minding you, you like what Trini said, you expect you send him to the next level. If he didn't pass the first level, how would he pass the second one? You're studying the third one. (laughs) It's failure. The system is failing. This is not okay. So now there are calls for that school to be shut down. Yes. Are they warranted? Yeah, agreed. Shut yes. Closed. Either that or they need to hire all new qualified Either staff. Either that or the whole But the kicker is you have to go through a lottery to even get in this damn school. This is one of the special schools. Can't be that special. <laughs> Over half of their senior class is failing. But it's one of the special schools. You have to get in the lottery and they have to pull your number for you to even be admitted into this school. I'm afraid to see the other schools. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's just this whole damn system is guilty as hell. And I'm not letting mom off the hook. Please don't get me wrong. Mom absolutely had a responsibility to make sure her son was doing what he was supposed to do. But you know who else had a responsibility? The school, the teachers, her son, the the boy, the child, the child. He did have some responsibility, but it's just like, if he wasn't taught no better, then. I mean, but that's assuming because y'all know y'all parents can teach you things all they want to. And y'all get, you know, start to smelling yourself and y'all start doing what the hell y'all want to do. Let's let's talk about it because y'all know how you get. Don't try to pull the rule over my eye. So y'all know I'm just straight up. Y'all start to smell in yourselves and y'all want to do what you want to do. So he has some responsibility in this situation. If you have not ever passed a class, how did you think you was going to graduate senior year, sir? Right. It shouldn't be a surprise. From being an adult. How many, you 17 right now, Lex, right? Yeah, I'm a senior. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to be treated like a baby or do you want people to start a, a... trusting you with more responsibility no start treating me like adult an adult yeah i want the responsibility i want the trust give it all to me i'm about to be out of your hands okay give it to me lay it on me we're not doing no babying around here he absolutely no. has a responsibility and somebody was trying to say something and i'm sorry i got a little worked up who was that who was trying to talk trinity was that you no i didn't say nothing oh, okay sorry janice it was Janice. Oh, you? Well, girl, something. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, as a as a student, we have community. Like, we're not. It, he's not isolated and going to school by himself for a reason. Like, you could have reached out to any of your peers, the ones who were succeeding and the ones who you knew could be actually having a chance to you know get through senior year and get out of high school to ask them for a little help ask them for a little assistance mom you could have asked they have parent assuming they might have resources assuming you might be able to get in contact with the parents y'all might live in the same neighborhood if you know your kid goes to the same school you could reach out to people too you could reach out to free tutors online we have internet we have do y'all tr- do y'all take advantage of those tutors on your campuses right now? I do. I definitely do. After school, you do. Anybody else? I've had a tutor before. Yeah, I yeah, same here, but not through the school. Not through the school. <laughs> I, so she's saying that he could have reached out for these free services. Do you all take advantage of the things that are at your disposal right now? And notice and notice when you say that there are no young men on this podcast. Mm-hmm. How do how do they show up in society? What are the words or the the um the thoughts or whatever being attributed to them to have them not want to take advantage of free resources? It hits a little different, right? Yeah. <laughs> It hits a little different. I don't know if they're the weakest link. They're definitely a targeted link. They're definitely the suspension and expulsion rates in most districts tell a really condemning story about a school system, period. So to to assume, I know he has some responsibility, but what has been communicated to him up until this point to where it's like, nah, I'm just going to be over here. And what if his friends were some of those 58 that are right there with him failing? 
-hmm. And that goes back to what Janice said about not having studies and curriculum on black excellence. If he's not seeing what he can become, he's that's part of the reason he's failing. If he isn't able to engage and relate to the things mm -hmm. that he's learning about, how is he going to think that he can be something more than he already is? But is that a sub yeah. an assumption? Because I don't know what the teaching staff is, and maybe I need to look at that. But the majority of the kids in his school look like him. So it, are we making an assumption because we're here in California? Or have we looked at the numbers for this specific demographic? Have we looked at their, their community, how, where they live, what he has access to? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did see the, the news story, and he was in there playing video games, so they got something. But... <laughs> You know, aside from the, the pleasures, and I'm not making a decision or, or, or trying to be sarcastic when I say, you know, sometimes families buy these video games to create an escape for their kids, right? So when they tell me that he was failing, my first thought was, who did he have access to? Did, they, did he have anybody who showed up and said, look, I know you're probably not doing well, but let me help you. Let me figure out how we can, you know, fix this. Because if they don't have caring adults around, it, it just is different. And so the we're making, yeah, go ahead. The learning environment definitely hits different when the people who are teaching you, you know, they actually care about you. But sitting in a classroom trying to understand and comprehend when you're being taught by someone who you know does not care and can't wait to leave, you're not, you're not going to be as responsive. You're not going to be as attentive. So it's definitely a different experience when you know your faculty, your staff, they care for you. They have a connection with you before they even attempt to try and correct you. Because like Miss Lorraine has said, you can't correct a student you have no connection with. It don't work like that. You're not going to get the response you want. It's not going to end well because you don't know this kid, but you want to correct them and make them be who you want them to be, but you don't even know them. Mm. I, I was going to say, I think like, I think just um, black people, like parents, students, like we have to like stop relying. I know it sounds like crazy, but like stop relying on these schools that have failed us numerous of times in the past and can, in, in the present, like to give us all the, all the food and the nurturing we need and all the tools we need to succeed. Like, and I know it, it sounds like, you know, messed up, like that we can't rely on the school like that, but like, the, the, in, in reality, the schools are just going to tell us about like the, the community colleges and the and not that they're bad and, you know, the Sac States and the CSUs and the UCs and not open our perspective to what what we can reach like outside. And that's a problem. And so that's why our parents and the adults and mentors that we have and that we come into contact with in our life, that, that's what they're there for. And some people don't know that there's people out there for them. And I've met real life examples of that. Like, you know, some people just are just boxed in because because like you said people have black people have targets on their back black men have targets on their back and they're focused on survival more than like trying to make it and trying to be excellent you know what i mean and it, it's just i don't know it's i i feel like we have to do better as like a community of once once we get up we have to pull each other up with ourselves like like the crab in the barrel thing like I don't know if you heard that Jay-Z rap. I wish I could like play it. But like but the crabs let me, in the let me barrel. Say like crabs don't belong in no damn barrel. That's why they're trying to yeah. get them. They don't belong there. Yeah. I hate that analogy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, mama. Go ahead. But you said the yeah. Jay-Z rap. Yeah. Well, I couldn't play it right now because I don't have it. But like, you know, it's just I, I feel like we all have to we all have to do better with reaching back and giving back. Like we can't just like because ourselves. If so one of us is failing, then we are all not where 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 we need to be. As long as there's one student who is failing, then the rest of us are still suffering because there's no one without the multitude. It don't work like that. Like we all have to be here for each other. And that's why there are things and there are groups like Black Boy Support Network, Black Girl Support Network, where people who are there to help you, adults who are there to help you, which is why it's a Zoom link to where students like him can join in and possibly get help from some of our leaders, some of the mentors there. So it's just like, I get what Trinity is saying. It's not up to the student, the school. We can't rely on them. We can't depend on them. That's like depending on something you know is going to fall. 
it, you can't depend on them. It's not going to hold us up. It's not our anchor, which is why we have to be here for each other to help each other, which is exactly why community is so important and so significant. And they talk about- I, I don't know. I think it's- Oh, go ahead. They talk about no student left behind, but you have left behind hundreds of students at this school. Like that's every <laughs> every student at your school has been left behind. That's that's not that's not working. Go ahead, Trinity. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I I, I think I'm not like I don't wanna make assumptions about the situation, but I I just I don't know, I, it's it's bizarre to me. And I think it's also important to recognize that some people just don't know. Like some people are just clueless on earth. Like not everybody has the tools that, you know, or the things that we know, like on the podcast, like no, some people just don't know that there's there's resources like that. And that's why there's people like Miss Lorraine, like me, like Lex, like Janice, like Melissa, all of us out here to spread the word on things like this so that, that, so that we can help students, so that we can help people that look like us. I, I don't know. I just think, and you know, it's, it's, it's like a, maybe it's like, reaching or whatever but I, I really do think that this might be one of those situations where he just didn't know or he you know I don't know well <laughs> no, I mean I, I totally I, agree I, with you Trina. go ahead go ahead Sorry. no no because um, I do have someone who's close to me who um who had a really low GPA um he was extremely focused on sports and, you know he thought sports was sports that's my way out you know who cares about school but, you know, he had to do these certain things to keep on going in these sports. And I would be like, hey, you know, you can do this. You have this, you have this. And, you know, my dad would always be like, you have this, this, and this. Because he'd have to take the bus to school every day. Or he'd have to walk, like, two hours to get to school, you know. So things like that, you know, would be like, Psh, I don't need to go to school. I'm not going to walk two hours because I missed the bus or things like that, you know. So there's lots of layers, I feel like. And I can totally agree with what Trini says. If you know that you're there to help someone up. Uh, you know, if you could give that leg up, be like, hey, I know that this, um, our school hands out free bus passes so you can get the bus free every day. Or like, our school does this for you so that can help you out with that. You know, there's just, a, I feel like, I totally agree, community is really, a, really a big thing and we need to be there for each other and reach out for each other. Because a lot of cases is this, you don't know because you don't have a way to get those resources and you don't have ways yeah. to reach out. You know, your household's really limited or things like that. So. I completely agree with what you were saying. Melissa, were you were you trying to say something? No, I agree 100% with what she said. She that there needs to be some kind of resource somewhere that is helping the students be engaged and want to come to school and feel like someone is going to be there for them. There needs to be something at every single school to help the students because the students are there to learn and they should be your number one priority. If you're a parent, your your child is your number one priority and they need to be your number one priority. In this case, seems that is that he was not. And if you are a teacher or a staff, the students that you are making money off of need to be your number one priority, their well-being, not just the fact that you're making money off of them them succeeding and them being able to graduate needs to be your number one priority or you have failed yourself and failed the students failed at your job yeah yeah i mean i just i i always try to go into things with more of an open mind and looking at all like different angles that people can take right and when you tell me something about a young man I think of all of the social media that he has been subjected to in the last couple of years, the different black bodies that he's seen um, pretty much killed. I mean, you guys are kind of bombarded with all these images all the time. Do you think that it impacts your desire to even want to be in a school environment period? What do you think? I think it, I think, I think it impacts your, your will to live, like to, to even just go about life on a daily basis. Like it just like seeing an officer kneel on your neck for like kneel on a man's neck for eight minutes and 40 something seconds, 40, what, 46 seconds. Like why, why would I want to, you know, continue going on? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's black mental health is, something that we should we I think we should talk about that maybe in the next episode or something, well, that's something that's crazy <laughs> it needs to be prioritized like 
seeing things like that, especially young black men, like I've had someone close to me say, well, you know, if I'm riding in a car and they might kill me while for being out, what's the point of me trying to do my best in school? Like, and it's the truth, like being a black man, like being a black person, it's a job. Like it's a full time (laughs) job, like code switching having to change how you are like as soon as you even see an officer you kind of get nervous i'm not even gonna lie i get nervous when being in a vehicle and seeing an officer my mom has dark tints on our car because police officers they're very much unpredictable there needs to be more training there needs to be more coaching like do you believe there needs to be more training and coaching or do you think or there is selective enforcement of said laws like we have to be clear because they don't respond like that to everybody. So I yeah. don't think it's a matter of training. I think they've been trained. It's enforcement of that training or uh, the application of said training. Um, so I don't want to give them oh, an out like that. Go ahead, mama. That's that's the Jay Z. My mom just put it in the chat. That's the that's hey, the rap hey, I was mama. talking about because we was we were just listening to that the other day. So that's why I said that. If you wanted to read it. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have read it. Shoot. Oh, okay. Well, it says, is it going to go away? Okay, it says crabs in a barrel, but cra- uh, but crabs don't belong in the barrel, and they ain't never tell us that. So in the barrel, we don't act like we act. We can easily get out the barrel if we stand on each other's back. Whoever gets on top, as long as they stay attached, they're going to pull everybody out. I was doing just that. Mm. See? That's yeah. what I meant. There you go. Thank you for putting that lyric in there, Mama. We appreciate that. Um, because I, I just think that, you know, we have to start to really look at things, not just, you know, from our own perspective, but to be able to look at it from different perspectives. As Black women or Black girls, like you are, there's a different type of um, motivation that I see in young ladies. You guys are, are super... Um, what is there was this there was this uh, quote that that used to be it says mothers raise their daughters but they love their sons, and so truth. I mean, that's the truth. There are certain things that we do with daughters that we don't do with our sons, and I don't know if it's because we feel we're not equipped to. And I can't speak for every mother. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say anything about single mothers and their ability to mother their sons. I'm not saying that. But that, that that quote has always resonated with me. Mothers raise their daughters, but love their sons. And I'm like, well, how come mothers can't love their daughters and raise their sons, right? It's just a different type of um, ambition that our parents put into us. And we know that we can succeed. We Not all of us, because I can't generalize. But the majority of young ladies that come through BYLP, there's a certain drive that you all have. Somebody has spoken into your life and told you you can do it and there's nothing that's going to stop you. And y'all, but y'all have the audacity to believe it. And y'all come in and you take over right away. And I love that. I love that. But then I start to look at some of the boys that have come through and not all of them have, have, you know, been super ambitious. I mean, Michael Tubbs was super ambitious. Um, Roman Geiger, super ambitious. But the majority of boys who come through BYLP, they're not there yet because people haven't loved them enough in this setting to tell them, you are fantastic. You you can do this. We're going to push you until you achieve what it is you want to achieve. And so when I'm saying that, I start to think about this young man in this school. And I think uh, Faza said it earlier. She says, I'm trying to imagine how that boy engaged in the classroom setting and how his teachers engaged with him knowing he was failing regularly. Yeah. Right, how does that even go? How do you look a child in the eye? Oh, not every day, the days that he did come. How do you look a child in the eye and, and talk to him and knowing that he's failing? How does that do you talk to him? And yeah, a, lot of, to him? a lot of teachers and a lot, like I think with black students is they don't talk to us, sometimes they talk at us. And hmm. I'm not gonna be responsive when you're talking at me because you you don't talk to this white student, you talk to him, but you're gonna talk at me. That's some things that teachers do do. They talk at their students. Well, you need to do this and you need to do that and complete this and this and that so I can get you out of my classroom. Stuff like that, like, are you going to talk with me and talk me through it or are you just gonna try and throw this at me so you can get your job done and go home? 
Because mm. then his guard goes up if you're talking at him and he's not going to be responsive to what you're saying. He's not going to want to, because you're not respecting him, so he's not going to be responsive to what you're saying. He's not going to take in what you're saying, what you're trying to teach him, because he, you have shown him that you don't care. Mm. And environments of kind of how the expectations that people hold young Black men to of having to be this just hard shell that nobody can crack. But it's just like, why don't you, instead of feeding that shell, why don't you try and nurture it? Why don't you try and love on it? Show it some care, some compassion. Are you okay? Are you mentally having any struggles that is preventing you from excelling and doing your best in this school environment? Is there something wrong? Is there something going on at home? Do you need help? You need groceries? You need gas money? Like, why isn't that coming into part with these students and these young men in these classroom environments? Um, I want to jump on what Janice is saying. Uh, I, I mean, say this. Jump on. you don't gotta, you don't gotta, press <laughs> go ahead, go for it. I say this a lot to some people that I know, and I always, I say, I feel like black men are black people, but specifically black men, I feel like they can't win in society mm -hmm. because there's always this portrayal just on males in general, but extremely for black um, brothers that they're violent. They have to be extremely tough you know, and they can't show any emotions. But then they try and turn around in school and they try and ask for help or they try and be good and active in the school environment. And then they get made fun of, they get mocked or they stick to the football field or something like that. And so there's I feel like there's no in between. And right now in schools, you know, there's this really extremes. Um, there's like you can sit over here, like sit in the back room, you're aggressive. No, you just don't pay attention to class. And it's just I just feel like black students, black males just in general, there's no like medium there's no compromise it's always one extreme or the other extreme and i feel like we need to talk to them about that and we need to be like how do we fix it so you do have that middle ground that that peaceful ground where you're not being judged and everything you can do um as you please basically hmm. do you think it's a difference between uh and i don't i don't know a different way to say it um what Okay. I don't know a different way to say it, but do you think that there's a difference between regular and I say that with air quotes because I don't want to I don't want to diminish um them. But do you think there's a difference between regular male students and black male athletes? Do you think there's 100%. a difference between them? 100% because black a lot of black male athletes they they view their athletics and their um, their talent as a way out as a, this is my ticket and as long as I got this I don't need nothing else and people some people they feed into that they feed oh yeah that's all you need you're gonna get out of here just keep doing it and then they don't acknowledge the other aspects of that like why aren't you teaching this why aren't you teaching your son house skills cleaning cleaning up after himself cooking paying attention in class why aren't you valuing those things instead of just, you know, babying him and catering to his schooling and his talent? Like you have to cater to all aspects and realms of this man before he grows up and becomes boy. a boy, boy, boy. becomes a man or he eventually is a grown boy. Like a lot of people are raising grown boys. These boys are not men. They're grown boys because they have not been taught and it's mm -hmm. i feel like it's kind of an unknown thing because a lot of people don't know you can't teach someone if you've never been taught and you have never tried to get the proper teaching so it's it's deeper there's different levels there's definitely a different approach to black athletes than there is just a regular student doing his work or a black mm -hmm. musician mm. yes, and so totally you could get a different way you took it a different way because i was talking about on campuses do you think that there's a difference between regular black students and black male athletes? I I do, um, I do, because of the fact that 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 staff at the schools tokenize black male athletes. They they put them on pedestals mm. to to where like oh they're so great you know because they're they're giving more attention to our schools athletics. We're making more money off of them. We're profiting off of them. But regular black students, not even, you know, students who are 
you know, maybe 4.5 GPA students or 4.0 GPA students, students that are just like are in, in, in the in-between. They don't, they don't cater to them like they do. They don't put students on the pedestal. They don't give them the attention that they would give to a black male athlete. That's, that's the shining star on the, the, the basketball team or the football team or the track team or whatever. If they don't think that they can get something from the student, they're not going to care. Like how Trinity said, if they're the star student and they think that they can get something from the student, then they're going to want to cater to that student more, to the athlete. And if they're just a regular student who's just trying to get through school, they don't see what they can get from that student except the money. They don't see anything else in that student. They just see them as a paycheck. They see them as essentially nothing. So if they don't see what they can get from that student, they're not going to care about them. Mm. Yes, I can definitely. I firsthand seen that happen. I used to. I used to date someone. I used my. Yeah, I used to date someone who was the captain of the football team. Um, so I saw a lot of things that were in and out. And so our school, what we have is we have a probation. So like if you're grade point average or if you have like one D or an F in a class, you can't play. But I've seen the school be like, go ahead and play. You know, you're, he's the head of the team. You know, just go ahead and play. You know, your grades, it happens. You know, we know you're going to get it back up. You know, all this bull. And, it, and the thing is, they don't even talk to him. Like, he'll go to the office about different things, but they won't even put anything about college or future education hmm. in his in his boots or anything, you know? So it's just be like, how are, you, how are your grades? Are you ready for the game next week? Not, how, have you thought about college? I mean, last year, he was a senior, I mean, a junior, and all they did was ask him about how he think they're going to play at the next game or how they're going to do this not. Have you thought about going to college? Have you looked at colleges, you know? They were on his back for sports. They were not on his back for his well-being or him in the future. So I've seen firsthand how you know schools, you know, turn a blind eye when it comes to athletics, especially for black and students. Even in like the classroom setting, like you'll see teachers, and I'm sure all of us have seen it. Like back when we were in school, you'll see teachers like you know sit there and talk to the black male student, the star player, or whatever. For 15 minutes about their the game You're last night. When it comes to class. <laughs> but yeah, but when it comes to like asking them if they need help, they'll never do that. Like mm. I don't know. I want to interject. <laughs> they'll talk more with the student about injuries and possible injuries and how their bones are feeling more than they'll check in with the student about their academic level and their GPA. I've watched the teacher hold a conversation about if his if this boy's injury was feeling better before the game and then I asked him once about the D that that student had in the class but it was all about the game and it was all about him playing but what about the grades what about college what about trying to mentally prepare him for what y'all aren't really discussing mm. that seems like that's gonna be a need for another a whole episode of itself because I'm wondering if this student, I don't even know if this school has a football program, a basketball program, but I'm wondering if he ha was athletic in that way, if they would have passed him on. Because what I'm hearing from you all is that they're being passed on. And that's that's historically been what it is. Like I remember seeing a, a story about uh, these athletes who went to some big college program and they were uh, just kind of shepherding them into certain classes and then giving them a, a foreign language and it happened to be Swahili and they weren't going to the class but it was listed as Swahili and they were passing them through so I think that that that's a good a good topic that maybe we should explore next time but I heard y'all y'all said everybody's at fault in this situation um, we want to make sure that if this ever gets back to his mother that she knows that we have mentors waiting for him now in the Black Boys Support Network, that we have people on our staff that are ready to assist her and support her with our Black Parents Network. Um, but we also understand that there is a shoulder, a burden to shoulder as a single parent. We honor that um, because a lot it takes a lot, but we know that you need some help. And so we are here to offer help. We wanna make sure that everybody watching knows and, and they are hooked in with any of our support networks. We have four of them, I think. We have four of them, uh, support networks. Uh, we also have two support groups, one for black women, one for black men. 
Um, we have our Bassin group that also has uh, adults and youth. So just tap in where you want to tap in because we're here to assist you. We have about 30 seconds left. And so with that, uh, I want to get your final thoughts. Uh, and we're going to go over time if we go all of y'all. <laughs> so let me give a final thought real quick. Um, nobody gets a pass. On this podcast, we're going after everybody. We're going to hold everybody. everybody. <laughs> We're gonna hold everybody accountable. We're gonna be we as even hold ourselves accountable. Facts, facts, and that's why they have me here. So, um, with that, <laughs> we want to tell y'all thank you for tuning in for another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. And on one, two, three, we're gonna hit them with that wave. One, two, three, y'all take care. Have a thank good you. rest of your week, and we will see you next week.